Welcome to Four Mics, 13 Teeth, and One Ankle Monitor. We have a wonderful podcast for you today, introducing the beautiful Miss Hillary Caldwell, here to share her story of how she's overcome addiction. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Four Mics, 13 Teeth, One Ankle Monitor podcast, a podcast about addiction recovery made by addicts for anyone battling addiction. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's podcast. We have a very special guest. Her name is Miss Hillary Codwell. She is an amazing, amazing person. Um, I've gotten to know Hillary very well, and her precious son, we call him Baby T, but his name's Thomas. But we have fallen in love with them, and she has an absolutely amazing story of how she has been through so many things, but she has come out on the other side. And so we just want to hear from her today and uh and hopefully it's going to touch somebody that's listening today so welcome to the podcast hillary we are so glad to have you thank you sherry for having me (laughs) okay so number one i got a few questions for you okay tell us a little bit about your childhood and how addiction played a part in your upbringing okay so uh, um i guess i'll start with um i have a father that is deceased and um he OD'd on heroin about six years ago. Mm. And um, I didn't really have the opportunity to know him that well because of addiction. Um, kept us divided. And he was from Nashville, so traveling would have been very difficult. Yeah. And so um, he, he OD'd on heroin six years ago, and they found him in a, um, a Wendy's bathroom stall. And um, I remember the day before he he called me quite a few times and didn't answer the phone because I was also active in my own addiction. So I ignored his phone calls and he left me a few voicemails and never returned his call. And the next day I was in the kitchen. I was going to make some breakfast and my, my phone had all these voicemails on it. And so... I was even hesitant about listening to the voicemails on my phone. I was that deep in addiction. I was very uh, isolated and very withdrawn from any type of social interaction whatsoever. And it made me very uncomfortable. And I'm trying to break out of that that way, that mental state now. Like yeah. I'm trying to be more socially inclined and it seems to be helping me a lot. So this has kind of been like a running theme throughout through your family? Um, yes, my my mother is um, I'll call her Mama, but she is she's she struggled the majority of my life, and um, she had about thirteen years clean, but she is struggling currently, and um, miss her very much. I don't. Um, well, you know that God is a restorer of families, honey. He has put my family back together. Uh, if you would have asked me five years ago that 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 I could have a relationship with my family that I have now, I would have swore you were lying because I had done so much damage to that relationship. But but I can relate to you because I didn't know my father either. 
And, um, you know, he left when I was two and I found him when I was, you know, probably 24. And that did not turn out well. You know how we create this fantasy world of we have this void inside of us that we think, well, if I just knew my dad or if I just knew my mom or if I'll just fill it with drugs so I can escape this, like that that void would be filled. But God puts that void inside of us that only he can fill. And so we start trying to fill it with all of these things. And then when people don't meet our expectations, then we're crushed and the cycle starts over again. So I really... I really understand where you're coming from on that because I, I do look back and it took me a while to get over the regrets because he did want to see me before he passed. And I was, you know, really deep in addiction. And I was like, no, you know, it's too late for me. So I totally relate on that level to where you're coming from. But God can heal that. Yeah. Okay. Any regrets, any shame that you have that he can heal that. And the one thing that I have learned in my own recovery is you are not your parents. You are not, uh, you may come from a certain family that may have habits and hangups. Hey, we all do, but that does not have to define you. And it took me a long time to get there. And so I I just commend you because I know that you have, um, you have six months clean, uh, sobriety. Yes. Um, tomorrow will be my six months clean date and um really proud of myself actually because I didn't think I would ever make it that far I didn't think that I would ever get clean so um my son Thomas has been an incredible blessing in my life and um the doors have been opening for us and he is he is my light at the end of that dark tunnel that I've been traveling down so long and that I actually got kind of not really comfortable, but I would say comfortable in my being uncomfortable, I guess. I didn't really think there was any other way of life. Yeah. So I was just accepting that I was never going to make it out. So um, my son will be five weeks old. No, he is five weeks. He'll be six weeks old this Thursday. And, um, yeah, just love him very much. So, so Thomas was the catalyst that brought you out of addiction. He definitely gave me the motivation that I needed. Yeah, and the drive, and um, he gave me the fight. That he gave me—I wouldn't say he gave me the fight because I had the fight, but he gave me a life worth fighting for. Say yes. that he—he he gave me a reason to to fight. So instead of fighting for nothing or for just, cause you know, I lost the motivation with myself. I was like, well, you know, I've already, I've already damaged myself so much. I probably will never see the light of day, you know, the just yeah. really, really depressing state of mine. And then really, I struggled a lot with anxiety. I still do a little bit, not nearly as bad as it was. And, um, I am coming out of that pretty fast these days, yeah. but the depression was, devastating it's very dark kept me from every opportunity that I could have been presented with yeah um was definitely not going to church and uh and I can't believe that I stayed out of church as long as I did but it is it is incredibly important to understand that 
the church family is loving and supportive. Yes. They're not here to condemn us as addicts. And I have learned that. And I did not know that. Okay. So I was convinced that I was going to be judged and I was going to be um, shunned or rejected. And uh, that was a very false illusion. That was something I come up with in my own mind, being fearful and I allowed the devil to lie to me and to keep me isolated, I guess for fear of what it would do to him, you know, in the end. But the church family is definitely here to support and to love. And I have, I have learned that. And, uh, and if I have any word of advice, it, what I would like to say to anybody that is currently trying to overcome addiction, you feel trapped. There is a way out. Like, there is a way out. God does not allow his children to be in a place of darkness, even if you've become what you would maybe say comfortable with that, or you're like, well, I don't know another way. This is just my, this is just the way I live. This is the way I've always lived. This is the way my family lived. This is just normal to me. There, there's a way out. I, yeah. And there's a way to, you know, no, there's no way to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, he opens what I mean. those doors. Yeah. He gives everybody an opportunity. He gave me opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And honestly, I thank God that I'm not ruling the world. Because yeah. if I was, I'd have been like, I'm done with her. Like, <laughs> she is too much. She is wearing my angels out. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. Thank God for his grace. Like, I know that dark place that you're talking about, like codependent relationships, being controlled by other people, or in my case, being the controller. Yeah. I was the controller because, you know, through through all the, the trauma and the molestation and all the craziness that happened to me, you know, I had a really warped view of what relationships was. So I had this mentality of, I bet I get you before you get me. And it was awful. And so when, when I finally, uh, well, the Lord had to put me in jail to, to put me somewhere to, so I could be still, you know, but even now to this day, people ask me, don't, don't you want a relationship? Don't you? No, I do not. Because I am still working on myself. Every relationship I've ever been in has been codependent. Either we were helping each other get drugs or it was a mind thing. It was a control thing. And and I look and I think, you know, and I, I tell the Lord all the time, like, you know, it's sad that I can look back and say I've never had a relationship that was truly based on love because I had no concept of what real Love was until I had an encounter with my heavenly father. And now all of that regret that I didn't have a dad growing up or regret that he rejected me and all this regret just, it, he just washes it all away. You know, when you, when you learn to, to open up and trust him. So I know we've talked about those types of relationships and the domestic violence that you were in and, it's just like one thing after another. And so, um, like, how do you break free from that mind control? Um, <laughs> I have literally had to 
talk it out is helpful at times. Um, I use my art to vent a lot too. Um, and it is hard. It's hard to come out of that. Yeah. When someone has that type of um, control over a person, when not when somebody had that type of control over me, um, it's scary. It's scary to to be in a situation where you feel you're in physical you're gonna be physically harmed if you go against what somebody is gonna if you go against what they believe in or um you know especially when they're a lot you know they use their their well I won't say authority no because I haven't had any issues really there um my my main issue was where <laughs> this is this is probably the scariest part of of my dealing with my past and stuff is the actual because I never want to make light of a domestic violence situation can where domestic violence is an issue I never want to make light of that or it is very scary situation to be in if anybody is out there that is I guess there's still people going through this right now so I don't really have the perfect words because if somebody is currently in the situation now then there really is no perfect word because problem hasn't been solved yet so um reach out to somebody you know like there's anybody out there that is currently in a domestic violence situation reach out to somebody you know facebook is a a huge resource that everybody seems to use these days reach out to somebody that you know from going to a church from being a kid or somebody that you just went to church one time and met I promise you that there is other reason there. They know people that know people and somebody will be able to help you. And it's important. And your fear is normal in a situation where there's domestic violence. You're going to be scared. I mean, how could you not be afraid if you're being physically harmed or emotionally or mentally harmed in a way that is making you causing you to want to harm yourself. And then it, it is not, it is not something that should be ignored and um, reach out to somebody. Seriously, reach, you know, and you may not know for what reason you, you may think that's the only person that you have in your life and without them, you have nobody or because of them, you won't have anybody or you feel that you may be judged or somebody might not take your pain and your suffering seriously, but there are loving, supportive people. Yes. in this world that I've learned that and trust me I'm I know I did I lost hope I lost hope and I was I was like there's no way I would ever run to somebody for help are you kidding me I'm gonna be in more danger if I do that yeah. that's not true God has a refuge he is the refuge but he provides us with loving supportive people that will pick up and help you in any way that you need help I can I can honestly say that I have found an amazing support system um i've met a, a family and sherry is part of my family now i've and i've met a family through all the resources that are available and they've pretty much adopted me and my son and you know i was alone and a lot of that because I chose to be, because it was just easier for me to be by myself, which was still very hard to do. 
But it was easier for me to be by myself than it was to be surrounded by people that I knew were potentially could physically harm me or have physically harmed me or have emotionally traumatized me. Um, reach out to somebody. And you know, uh, domestic violence situation is bad within itself, but when you add drugs on top of that, it takes it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. Well, there's drugs involved. There's nerves involved. And people, um, there's, uh, it's very dangerous situations yeah. I found myself in, to be honest. And if it wasn't for the love of God and that I couldn't see then, that I can now see, I couldn't see it then. But um, yeah, I've, I've never made it out. I would have yeah. never made it out of that situation, seriously. And it's, it's amazing. And it's like going from the darkness and like, I know it's getting lighter and lighter as I go. Yeah. Um, I'm still stuck in a, in a little bit of that fear right now. Like I still have a lot of fear in me and the only thing I can do is keep moving forward. And I just hope and pray that there are, there are others out there that are going through it will pick up and start moving forward too, because obviously we can't leave anybody behind, you know, and yeah. I know that to be where, where there's other suffering, you know, God's children, we all suffer together and, you know, we're still waiting on others to pick up. Well, you know, we go, I'm convinced that we go through things in life so we can go back and get the next person. Okay. And, and, and I'm totally convinced of that. And I used to blame God that, why did you allow this to happen to me? I was five years old. Like, I, ha I didn't have that protection. Why would you allow this to happen? Why would you allow this and why would you allow that? God didn't allow any of that to happen. But he turned it around and he used it to fuel me it, with a passion to go back and to grab the next person because there's things that, that people are going through that are more horrendous than what we've went through. Oh, yeah. We get those calls every day, you know, but you and I have a lot of conversations to where we sit on the back porch and we talk about, okay, yes, we've been through this. We've been through that. And we thought it was normal. I mean, when I got sober, I was like, this can't be normal. People really can't live like this. Like you go to work and you don't take a pill. Like what's wrong with you? How can you live life sober? I could not understand it. But now that I'm sober, it's like I don't miss a thing. I see the birds. I see the trees. I see the colors. I see God in everything where before I was just, I was just dead. I was just going through the motions and getting nowhere, like spinning my tires, and I'm not getting nowhere. I'm just doing the same old thing, thinking I'm going to get a different result. So when I started digging really deep in therapy, like addiction, I come to realize like addiction wasn't my problem. It was why are you, Sherry, why are you doing the drugs? What's under there? What's underneath there? Okay, let's deal with these things. Rejection. Okay, your father rejected you. Other people have rejected you. Abandonment. 
You know, fear, fear was an awful thing that tried to, has always tried to take me out. Fear of social anxiety, fear of crowded places, fear of just fear, period, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was an, admitting that I'm scared is very hard for me to do. And I can be obviously terrified and it can, everybody can see it, you know, but it would be. That's the hardest thing in the world for me to admit is if I'm scared of the situation or scared of a person. So that's, I don't think that's really called pride. I don't, no, baby, I don't think no. that would be considered pride being um, not wanting to admit that a person is afraid of situations. It's not really considered pride. It's more like, and it's not denial. I think it's more of a, it's just a way that we, it's a protective it's like yeah. a defense. It's just some sort of like defense, I guess. But a fear of admitting that you're afraid. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A fear on top of fear. Yeah. But you know what I see? I see somebody who may be scared, but is still taking those steps. I don't care. You know, everybody has fear on some level. If you don't, if you then you're not telling the truth. Come on now. We all have fear on some level, it's not the fact that we feel fear. It's the fact of what do we do with it? Are we going to let it stop us? Right. Or it's like when Bill asked me to come to this podcast, I sweated like 10 pounds off because I was like, I can't do that. I have anxiety. I can't get in front of the camera, you know. But then I thought, you know, God, I'm even though I'm scared, I'm still going to do it because there's going to be somebody that's going to be watching this and they're going to say, hey, I get that. I get it. You know, so it's not the fact that we feel fear. You know, I used to feel like, oh, I'm a coward because I feel this way. No, if we let that, that fear fuel us and push us in the direction that God wants us to go, then it can be a positive thing. It can. It can, and that's what I'm currently experiencing right now. So I haven't, I haven't made it yet, but I am on my way. Wherever it is that God is wanting to take me, I am. I'm traveling that road now, and um, it's pretty exciting. It really is. I just <laughs> want to tell you how amazing you are. You are so amazing. Like I knew we had this connection when I first met you, but I really like, you know, I just met you when you came to the home and everything. But like, it's not a home. It's family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like a, you know, a lot of people think, oh, women's home, women's home. No, we're our family. We cook together. We eat together. Mm-hmm. We pray together. Like it's a home. But you guys do more for me than I could ever do for you guys. Because you let me hold that baby when I get in from work mm-hmm. and just love on him. And it's like I'm getting a do-over for the things that, you know, I didn't I didn't always do right by my kids. And, and you know, even though... God's restored those relationships is still like, I get a do over. I get to do it again, you know, and I get, and it's just amazing that, that you're, you're, he loves you. He's my boy. He is my boy. (laughs) I come in, he's fuzzy and I'm like, okay, okay. We got to sing. I'm tired, but we're about to sing. (laughs) (laughs) He is definitely an inspiration for sure. He, uh, oh my goodness. I, I have three other kids, I do, and um, I would just, I would love to mention them too. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I have twins that are seven years old, 
um, a boy and a girl, Nathan and Natalie, and they're they're my angels too. I love them very much. I miss them very much. And um, but I'm praying now that I know God's taking me down this road. And I'm headed in the right direction, so I know that they are on this path, and I, I will meet them in God's timing. And um, because I know they're not on another road. I know they're on the one that God chose for yeah, me. Yeah, right? you're gonna. Yeah. So I know that I will. I will be with them again very soon and um, have a son that is a year old. He's been adopted and I know that he's been adopted by people that love him very much. And um, I pray, I pray that I'll be able to see him again soon. And um, I'm still going through some, well, I'm praying for a restoration of my family completely. Yes. I don't want to do this without my family I'm going to do this until I am with my family again whole and complete and that's the goal yeah that's the goal I have my my baby boy now that is five weeks old and he has definitely he doesn't even understand what an impact he's had on my life he's just five weeks old he has no idea he has no idea how he's changed my way of thinking and he's got me up out of that slump that I was in and I just started moving forward. Just been doing it ever since. I have seen God remove, maybe that's not the right word, but I've seen God remove negative influences from your life and replace them with wonderful people. Yes. Like yes. like baby Thomas has got like two, three grandmamas and <laughs> like this child is truly loved and you are truly loved, and I don't. I, I want you to love yourself. And we've talked a lot about, you know, what unforgiveness is still unforgiveness, whether it's toward other people or it's toward yourself. Yes. And we've talked a lot about that. Yes, I, I think the biggest part of learning to forgive myself is for staying in the situations as long as I did, the way that I did. I was like, there had to be a different way. There had to be a different way. I could have, I didn't have to let allow myself to be beaten down by myself or by others as much as I did. I could have stood up for myself and I could have made it stop, but God had a plan and uh, that's, it's hard. It's hard for me to, yeah, for me to, like when I look back, I'm like, I, I do find myself questioning why did I, how could I have went about this a different way, you know, but it's important to remember. It's important for me to remember that I'm headed in that direction now. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I mentioned a minute ago, like I'm on that road. And part of that is part of that recovery is uh, forgiveness is on this road too. Then so that's I guess, right. I guess after the fear, there will be forgiveness. Yeah. And you know, fear is just a liar. Fear is a liar. And a lot of times we fear things that are not going to happen. And fear comes to stop us from walking into everything that God has for us. And there are a lot of times that I'm shaking in my boots when I have, when the Lord asked me to do something, but I am bound and determined that I'm going to do it. Yes. Even if I'm shaking, perspiring, whatever, you know, I'm going to do it because somebody needs to hear our story. Your story 
is tied to somebody else's deliverance. Somebody watching this program today is going to, a light's going to go off and they're going to say, oh my gosh, like, I know what she's talking about. Yeah. And that's love conquers all fear. Yes. I'm just, I'm trying, I guess there is a lot of fear in the world. Maybe that's, that's after addiction comes, there's always going to be fear of something. So like, like he said, fear of being afraid. Yeah. Um, we got, we pulled through this together, you know? Well, you know, when you're high, you feel, you feel, uh, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, but, well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but we have really thoroughly enjoyed Hillary being on the podcast today. I love this girl with all of my heart. Thank you. So and much um, for we want you guys to have a great day and celebrate recovery. Sundays at three o'clock. Come be a part of us. We're more than a meet. We're a family. And we have a new family support group. Come and be a part of this wonderful team of amazing people. Have a wonderful day.